Hello, Michael Williams here, and welcome to another half hour of The Teller and the Tale, a half hour of storytelling. This week, my guest is Scottish guitarist and composer Tom Richardson. Tom is an award-winning musician who's played at Celtic Connections in Glasgow, as well as Glasgow's Royal Concert Hall, and he's also played at various venues uh, across Europe. He composed the, uh, the music for the film documentary The Promise, about a Tibetan refugee camp in Nepal. As you'll hear, his musical influences are steeped in Scottish folk, fiddle and pipe music, as well as some more eclectic uh, blends of jazz, uh, Indian fusion, European gypsy music, and, I think, a little bit of classical, Bach in particular. I was keen to find out the story behind Tom's music, and in particular, his new album, Beatrice by the Spey. I spoke to Tom via Zoom from his home in the north of Scotland, uh, in the village of Finhorn. So, without further ado, let's uh, talk and get to meet Tom Richardson. So welcome, uh, and welcome to the to the Teller and the Tale show. Um, Thank you for inviting me. Oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. But but Tom, you're you're um, you know you identify as a as a composer. You're a performer. You're also a teacher uh, as well. Um, is there any one of those that that you kind of see yourself more as, or or is it a pretty balanced across the three in terms of the work you do? Yeah, <clears throat> it's changed over the years, but generally um, it's been as a performer, and I think I've always been interested in music as a live event. Um, right. rather than, say, a recorded event. Um, yeah. Certainly teaching's a wonderful activity to be involved in as well, but I think that the magic of, of music is experienced in the live moment with an audience. Yeah. So you're, you're performing, well, uh, let's talk about that, because uh, the last 18 months or so have been very difficult for anybody who's uh, relied on performing live. How has that impacted you? Obviously, um, it's been such a difficult experience, and I would imagine that would be similar for many performing ar- artists mm-hmm. all around the globe. Um, that what we call performance is part of our life and life experience, and it's part of life energy. And I think when that isn't there, you begin to question who you are and what you're doing, and you yeah. feel isolated and cut off from aspects of yourself that can't come into any form of um, expression and therefore, which means sharing with an audience, sharing your music and if it's a group or a solo artist, being able to share. And there's a feedback loop that's set up in a live performance between audience and performer. So you don't get access to any of these life enhancing activities. So the Experience of isolation is a very difficult experience for the perform, performing artist, I think. It's been very challenging. How, how soon after, you know, when you came to the realization that uh, this is going to be kind of long term, you know, I mean, I know it was very uncertain at the beginning how long the lockdown was going to go on for. But um, so at what point did the idea of recording an album, uh, was that just a pretty natural or did it? Did it take some sort of consideration before you went ahead with uh, with the album? It took me to be in complete despair 
before I realised I needed to find a way out of this despair, which was the experience of lockdown. And I just started to record. And I realised that that was generating a dynamic in my life that was healthy and life-affirming. So I just kept recording. Right. And through the process of recording, I was aware that there was many ideas that I was wanting to fuse together coming from ex musical experiences and learning that I've had in the past. Yeah. And the recording was really a culmination of many, many years of experience and knowledge, but it all came out very quickly during the recording, but it really was fueled by the feeling of despair during lockdown. So it was a, right. it was a, a hat, a sort of silver lining to that dark cloud, I suppose. Right, and and as a and we'll and we'll listen to uh, to a track from the album in a, uh, in a few moments, but one of the challenges I imagine is that uh, as a performer, you have performed with others, you you've collaborated with other musicians, um, people like Catherine Tickell, and and you've been parts of bands and and so on, um, but again, the, the the lockdown would have made that difficult to to work closely with a band in a studio. How how did you how did that affect you? I think that's a very good point because even I know people, artists that live up in this area of Scotland in forests where I live who in, didn't experience lockdown in such a severe way because their process and their creative activity is a solo process. You know, they're painting in their studio so they can continue in a similar way that they were before but being cut off from other groups of musicians and not having the experience of sharing music together playing music together um was was almost like having your you know your right hand cut off and mm. <laughs> you've got the memory of it but you can't actually use it <laughs> right right so, and, and you really must have missed point. and you missed so much the the interplay the interchange of ideas, you know, with other, with in a band. I mean, it's something I've experienced in playing with bands. It's just that that kind of comradeship, you know, and and the way that you kind of play off one another, which is very common in jazz and and other well other other forms of music too. You you inspire one another, you motivate one another, you get ideas from one another. Yeah, yeah. I think inspiration is a key word there because you come up with ideas when you're in a group that you wouldn't normally come up with by yourself and you are indeed inspired by what other people can offer and then it changes what you do. So there is a real evolutionary process and a very yeah. spontaneous inspirational process happening there that one really misses during lockdown in isolation. It's not, right. it's not a natural <laughs> human experience, I don't think. It's not well, good for Let's let's listen to the um, to the title track of the album Beatrice by the Spay and this tune. I mean, I say there you're very generous with the tunes. There are about I think 15 tunes on this album, um, and you've you've been extremely generous. Um, you'll definitely get your money's worth, and I encourage people to 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 buy the album. And I'll give you the link later where you can find it. But um, tell us maybe just a little bit about the title track. Um, what 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 it's about or what influenced it. And uh, and then may maybe in general, what influenced the putting together of this album? W were there any particular influences or ideas that uh, you wanted to work with? Yeah, well, 
the title track and the title of album Beatrice by the Spay is coming from the title of two well-known traditional folk tunes. One is called Real Beatrice mm. and the other is called The Spay and Spate. Both of these tunes are represented on the album, but they're both fu a fusion of tr traditional tunes plus jazz improvisation. So I was really interested in creating musical structures that would allow improvisation to take place. In the past, these tunes have always been played for dances and they would be very much set in how many bars the tune would take place and then you would move on to another tune in a different key. And it would all support, always support the dance form. This is a different time now, of course, where many different influences are fusing together. So I was interested and always have been interested in creating improvisation structures within traditional music. I remember doing it way back when I composed a new Voices Commission for the Celtic Connections Festival in Glasgow. And I fused together Indian music and Scottish music. Yes. And I, I composed the full piece. Musicians played on it. And we had sections that were improvisation for like pipes and sitarn, violin, fiddle, uh, guitar. But over drones and taking that kind of improvisation over drones, taking that influence from Indian music and putting it into the the merging it together with the sort of more structured forms of Scottish music. So I'm interested right. in the relation between structure and freedom, <laughs> I suppose you could say. Yeah.
listening to that title track, and I listened again uh, earlier today. And for me, you know, and I'm 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 not an expert in all kinds of musical influences, but for me, it was, I mean, it's certainly definitely Scottish, and the influence of your work with with uh, fiddle players and and fiddle tunes. And I, I should say, I think I'm right that you've you've uh, composed and, and published at least what three books, I think, of fiddle um, uh, jigs and reels, and in particular, yeah, is that right? That's correct. There's three books: yeah. Jigs, Reels, and Fancy Fields. Fancy volumes Fields, one, volumes one, two, and three. Yeah, there's three three volumes there, and um, so the so the influence of of the fiddle tunes and and um, and guitar playing and guitars, you know, playing fiddle tunes. Um, there's a, a later tune, I think, uh, anyone for cheese, which reminded me of a kind of bluegrassy kind of fiddle uh, fiddle tune, almost flat pick kind of playing, you know, that sort of thing. But um, but I also detected a kind of European influence as well, almost like sort of French cafe music. And uh, yeah, is, is, is that, um, I mean, your influences, your, your interests are kind of go further abroad. You mentioned Indian music uh, for one, but um, I, I know you've spent some time touring in, in, in Europe. Are the European guitar styles also a, an influence on you? Oh, absolutely. The title Beatrice by the Spay, although Beatrice is, I think, a real Beatrice, a French-Canadian tune, but the in Paris, it was where the Hot Club of France started up, which was Django Reinhardt and Steph Grappelli and the group there, playing their blend, their form of gypsy jazz. And that's a style of music that's always really excited me, the, yeah. the sort of gypsy jazz style. So that influence is definitely there in the title of the album. Also, we have the Eiffel Tower on the cover of the album. Of course, yeah. Um, and that is that is obviously linked with um, gypsy jazz music, but yeah. basically Django Reinhardt and Stefan Grappelli's recordings yeah. that I've, I've listened to. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the cover made me feel I was prob probably on on fairly stable ground and asking asking that question. <laughs> yeah, but but um, would it be too far um, out there to say that I I also felt that there was almost a kind of classical um, training? I wonder I wonder if had you been classically trained because listening there, there's there's a there's a precision to your work, but but a kind of spontaneity as well. Um, that, that you are kind of musician's musician. And, and I almost thought there was kind of an element of um, like Bach or, you know, like there's that kind of, of composition. And I, so I just, I wondered about your, any classical background to your, to your work. Absolutely. I spent years playing the piano. I love yeah. Bach's music. So I've played a number of Bach piano pieces over the years. Right. Um, listened to lots of Beethoven. I suppose Beethoven and Bach are, were my two favourite composers. Yeah. And in, in the books, Jigs, Reels and Fancy Fields, I've actually got a number of tunes in the style of Bach or Vivaldi okay. or Beethoven. And I've managed to take that style and put it into a basically a traditional fiddle tune kind yes. of format. Yeah. So very much the influence, although I haven't maybe studied as much as listened to the music, I've studied quite a bit, um, but that influence is certainly within taking that uh, these ideas and putting them into sort of you know melodic forms and putting them into um, sort of folk music or tra traditional yeah. music. Yeah, I, I would say uh, you know it's, say to folk when you start listening to the album um, on repeated listens, 
I, I find that they're almost like you 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 uncover layers, you know. Um, I mean, and this is not meant as a as a, a, an insult of any kind. There's there's this lovely simplicity about about the work, and I suppose it's because um, you don't have a lot of um, uh, you know a lot of musicians. It's not or you know like an orchestra or a big band or anything like that. It's really you and guitar. And am I right? Is there somebody playing bass, or is that you playing bass, or is that another guitar? That's me playing bass on the guitar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, to make it sound like a bass. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's this kind of simplicity because you you're creating all the music, um, but at the same time, when you when you listen to it, uh, you know, again and again, it's like there's these sort of layers, these depths, you know. So there's there's like the classical, there's the folk, there's the bluegrassy, there's the the um, the Scottish fiddle music, and I know you've also worked with a lot of pipers as well. So. Definitely, all of that that is there, and I think anyone who is familiar with with pipe music will appreciate the album from that perspective. Uh, fiddle players, you know, from their perspective, and so on. Um, and that's why I say it's, I think it's a real sort of musicians musicians album, you know, which which um, in its simplicity is very deceptive because it 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 appeals to so many you know t- musical tastes. Um, so I think even not only you get 15 songs, but you uh, you get all these influences. Um, and you mentioned the the uh, the European um, you know uh, gypsy uh, music as well. So uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have a, a favorite uh, tune art on the album? I can't say I have a favorite tune. <clears throat> There's five numbers that I've composed myself, right? And the the rest are traditional tunes and generally I've slowed the tunes down and put a groove behind them because I think they're wonderful melodies when you play them a little slower my favorite tune on the album I think one of my own compositions I really like Bell Haven which is a it's actually a Pat Metheny inspired melody right right um, and okay. it's just oh, a very beautiful a very beautiful sort of um I think it's exp- the the title Bell Haven sort of indicates what I'm trying to express in that tune, right. something well, of beauty. Well, let's listen to it. Bell Haven from uh, Tom Richardson's album Beatrice by the Spay. Thank you. 
wanted to move on. I, I have a number of, of favorites, you know, from, from your album. I mean, um, Barrel Burn, I think it really almost kind of, you know, really, really uh, uh, straight ahead, kind of the fiddle influence, the guitar almost flat, you know, flat picking. Um, Mellow Bay, it is what the title says. It's a very mellow tune, but it's the kind of tune that I can imagine walk, going out on a walk on a sunny day, you know. It's got a kind of, uh, you know, cheeriness about it. Um, you know, in contrast to perhaps the the despair that, you know, in a way maybe awakened this album. Um, yes, often happens absolutely. in the creative process, doesn't it? That we we go through a very dark time, but but out of that darkness, and I almost hesitate to say that sometimes the darkness is necessary <laughs> to kind of <laughs> give birth to to um, to something that is lighter and and um, yeah, I suppose the opposite of, of that darkness, you know, the, yeah, the light. I suppose, uh, I, yeah, I think I do imagine music is a birthing process, especially the creative, when you're creating music. And um, the birthing process is very painful. It pushes yeah. from the inside until a form is visual and can be seen, but it's, yeah. it's a messy process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it certainly can be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've... Um, I, we mentioned earlier that you've you've played with different bands. So uh, I think the most current current one um, was Fami Gao. If I said that right, that's correct. Yeah, and is that is that a band that you're still still connected with? I've not played with Fami for years. Yeah, or a number of years. Last gig I did with her was at Celtic Connections, but I have recorded on one of her albums. Right, and toured with her quite a number of times. She's she's recently been voted into this classic fm's hall of fame so she's she's doing very well with her career and i think her music's really fantastic i want to just talk about some of your other work too because re reading about your your work tom you've also composed for film and uh the particular film that I, that i i read about was um i think a film documentary called the promise uh there was a filmmaker from glasgow who traveled to nepal Nepal, and he made a really good connection with um, Tibetan refugee camps that were located, set up in Nepal. So when he came back, or before he came back, he made a promise to some of the boys there that he would return right. with, believe it or not, Scottish football coaches, because the boys in the camp loved football. They were big football fans. So Jack, the filmmaker's called Jack Mulroy, and he eventually did return. He made a documentary. He took the Scottish football coaches over to Nepal and he filmed a football match between two of the refugee, the Tibetan refugee camps there. And the documentary was all about um, their situation. So there's lots of interviews throughout throughout the documentary, what it, was, mm. what it meant to be a refugee, which is very current. And it was just a lovely film. And I composed the music for it and managed to blend, again, Scottish music and Tibetan-sounding melodies into right. sort of uh, a form that would, that, that would, that, that would suit what, what the film was about, the documentary was about. I don't know yeah. if it's still available, that documentary. I haven't seen it around for a while, but okay. it would be great yeah. to see again. Um, one of the things I, I wanted to ask you about, just kind of jumping around here, but... Uh, when the album came out at the end of last year, 
Um, I, I believe you tweeted, and I, I made a, you know, a little note on your tweet. You said, 20 years too late. Um, but, you know, <laughs> sort of bet, better late than never. And I wondered what was behind that. Why, why, why was it 20, 20 years too late? Well, it was, that's just my humor in a way. Uh, <laughs> um, um, 20 years too late. Well, I'm now 51, and that's my first solo album release. Right. So I suppose I have a feeling that I should have done this years and years ago. Mm. Um, but having said that, and at the beginning of the interview, I did mention that it really is the accumulation of many, many years yeah. of musical influences and experiences that came together in this album. Yeah. So the timing of it, although I recorded it very quickly, it happened, it, it's been sort of, fermenting in my own psyche I think for a, a long time yeah so maybe it isn't 20 years too late maybe it's just in time <laughs> and, may, and maybe it's come at the right time you know I mean it's it, it has come when it came and that's that maybe right. is uh, when it, it is, was supposed it, to come and it is what it is it's interesting because one of my very first guitar teachers in in Lanarkshire uh, a wonderful man called Frank Henry he used to set up Martin Taylor's guitars. Now, Martin Taylor's a very well-known jazz guitarist throughout the world, one of the great jazz guitarists, solo jazz guitar players um, of all time, possibly. So Frank used to set up Martin's guitars, and every time I would go for a guitar lesson, one of Martin's guitars would be in the corner of the room. So I would be playing through the pieces that I was always given every week, and I was always aware of Martin's guitar just silently sitting in the corner of the room. And it's something that's always been with me when I moved away from home. I've always remembered, God, Martin Taylor's guitars. And many times I've saw Martin Taylor live and listened to his music. So he's always yeah. been a very, he's always been there. And he's such an amazing pioneering guitarist in the world. And recently he's released a set of books of his jazz guitar licks and phrases and chord melodies and bass runs and jazzy tunes and I've been working through them and it was after working through these books that I started to record Beatrice by the Spay so a lot of the jazz guitar playing although I have played it over the years is really connecting with Martin Taylor's jazz guitar playing yes. and that links way back to when I first started learning guitar so there's a, there's a really good connection from the very beginning right up to this point in my yeah. life now. Well, we're getting near the end of our time, but do you have a, a song you'd like to go out with from the album? Your choice. Uh, why not go for the Baraburn reel? Yeah, okay.
Tom, thanks so much for spending time here on, on The Teller and the Tale. And, and thanks for, for sharing your music. And, um, and we'll go out with, with Barrow Burn, yeah? From, from Tom Richardson's album, Beatrice by the Spay. Thanks, Tom. You've been listening to the story behind uh, the album Beatrice by the Spay by the Scottish uh, guitarist and composer Tom Richardson. You can download the album at tomrichardson1.bandcamp.com. My thanks to Tom for making and producing The Teller and the Tale uh, a joy to do so. I'm Michael Williams. Goodbye for now.